Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, it's almost Christmas. It's Thursday. I mean, four more days to Christmas? Four more days and four busy days. I have a lot of shopping to do. I haven't um, done any. I know, I know. Maybe we'll go together. In the <laughs> studio with us, we have two common sense people. The chair of the uh, New York State GOP, Ed Cox, and the former chair of the Democratic, uh, uh, Democratic not National Committee, Democratic State Committee, uh, Governor David Patterson. What could be uh, more even-handed than that? I don't know. It's, it's great to be here. By the way, when the trivia goes shopping, blue is my favorite color. Oh, I don't know if we have we had Ed on the list. I'm not sure about if you were on the list there, Gov. <laughs> so I, I should give Probably out red not. ties and blue ties. <laughs> yes, I got to get an ask in here also. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we have to get Yellow you something ties. with, with, that, with, you, with your singing. Night? We have to Colorado. Colorado. Oh my God! I mean, uh, it must. They must have been smoking marijuana for them to be that dumb. <laughs> no, it was, it was Yale Law School graduates and a Harvard graduate. Yeah, no, and Ed, a graduate of the same law school as the President Biden. So and, that and was Ed, it. This is interesting because this is a great point, Ed. Because if you look at the decision by the Colorado State Supreme Court this week, it was four to three, all Democrats. Uh, but the four that voted for kicking Trump <laughs> off the ballot, well, those particular ones were Ivy League. The other three were not. So what does that say to you, Ed Cox, about the Ivy League? <laughs> says their, their, their heads are somewhere up in the clouds thinking strange so, thoughts. And Governor Patterson? So I have a, a, a question for the chairman, which is that uh, what was the actual act that President Trump, who I'd be glad to vote against again, but I think he should be on the ballot. But what was the act that was recorded that, in other words, you can't just accuse someone. They have to have been found to have done something wrong by a committee, a court, a congressional hearing. Governor, none of that. Governor, they look, Jack Smith is a very creative prosecutor. He's a special prosecutor going after Trump. Yeah, he's going to have an election and, and classified And he docs. did not, he did not charge him with insurrection because he can't do it. So he didn't even charge him. It's not even a question of being convicted. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. And it's without crazy. that, I don't understand how those courts can come to that conclusion. Well, guys, get this. It's not just those courts. Uh, now we are hearing California is going, hey, yeah, that looks meant. like a good idea. Michigan. Michigan. Um, and also, uh, let me read you. This is what Governor Kathy Hochul weighed in. Uh, she said, we'll see what the pre- Supreme Court does. Um, essentially, shame on us if we forget what basically uh, President Trump did on January 6th. So she's chiming in, too. There's a lot of Democratic governors and others who are saying uh, they're looking at it for their states. Uh, I mean, Ed Cox, Look, your reaction. That piece was drawn in the Constitution with respect to the Civil War. Hundreds of thousands of soldiers on either side killed. That's an insurrection. Now, not even a gun was drawn the only that person that on got Capitol killed Hill. is that poor lady. Yeah, and Ashley that was by Babbitt. The cops. Yeah, Ashley by Babbitt. The cops. Right. Yeah. 
crazy. Well, joining us now, we have the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Newt, uh, your thoughts about what's going on, especially with Colorado and now these other states seem to be, you know, trying to join the fight. Well, it's insane and it's pushing us towards a civil war. I mean, let's start with a couple of simple facts. Um, Four lawyers in Colorado rule that the million three hundred thousand sixty three hundred sixty thousand people who voted for Trump in twenty twenty do not have the right to vote for him. Now that's about uh, <clears throat> something on the order of three hundred and fifty thousand voters per lawyer. And what they're gonna do is destroy these guys aren't judges. These these people are thugs who have replaced the rule of law with, with the rule of power. And what they're not thinking through is as as the uh, Lieutenant General of Texas, or rather Governor General of Texas, said last night. I'm sorry, Lieutenant Governor of Texas. Uh, you know, you, you want Texas to take Biden off the ballot? You want the, the number of states that have Republican House, Senate, and Governor? I mean, this thing just becomes a nightmare, and it's insane. I mean, I think we need to understand this. We're now dealing with a, a mental aberration in the Democratic Party because they are so terrified that Donald Trump is going to break up their establishment that they are, they're doing everything they can to rig the game and basically holding him hostage uh, because they're afraid he'll win. And I've never seen anything like this. I mean, there's, at every level, this is wrong. The 14th Amendment referred to basically people who had risen in rebellion and fought a war for four years. There's no point at which it references anybody today. No one has charged Donald Trump with insurrection because you can't, uh, because an insurrection is a unique and classifiable thing. But I think one of the challenges when you interview lawyers is they keep talking as though we're dealing with the law. We're not. Jack Smith has no interest in the law. The judge handling the case in Washington, D.C. has no interest in the law. This is a lynch mob. The four lawyers in, in Colorado resemble Venezuela or Nicaragua or Cuba. They have no interest in the law. And that's why you suddenly have people in California, and I'm sure Massachusetts will come along, and you'll find a lot, number of blue states, the states that have the most anti-Semitic riots, the states that have the campuses most out of control, and they're going to say, oh, this is great. We, we've now found a new way to try to block Donald Trump from winning despite what the American people may want. Yeah, it is crazy. And everybody, we're talking to the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, Ed Cox. So, uh, Mr. Speaker, what do you think the Supreme Court does with it? I think it's going to get there very quickly. They're going to make a decision. How do you think they come out? Well, I hope they're going to decide uh, what I think is clearly the law, which is that, first of all, uh, the Colorado judges cannot make a constitutional interpretation. That's the purview of the Supreme Court of the United States. So in that sense, the, the thing should just fall apart. What I worry about is, you noticed, Durbin, the dem- number two Democrat in the Senate, is already talking about how judges should recuse themselves. I mean, these people will go to any length. Remember, Schumer stood in front of the Supreme Court with a group of people and threatened by name several justices. You had people picketing outside justices' houses in clear violation of federal law. And so I think what you have is a situation where they will do everything they can to Ms. bring pressure on the judges. Mrs. And Speaker, it's, they, uh, the judges now have, have two different uh, cases that matter. They have Smith 
wanting them to certify that Trump, in fact, is not protected by immunity as the president. And they now have Colorado saying, and we want to take him off the ballot. And there's a danger that they'll pick one or the other to give the left. Yeah, that's crazy. That's uh, Mr. Speaker, uh, former Governor David Patterson has a question. Uh, Mr. Speaker, three of the judges on the Supreme Court that were picked by the former president voted against him time and time again when there were attempts to overturn the election. How does anybody think they should be recusing themselves over this issue, which is, I think, not even close to being uh, controversial? It, it, I don't see any way, unless he had had some actual conviction or some finding by a congressional committee or something, I don't see any way that you could stop someone from uh, from uh, running for office. Look, if the if the new fascists who are the Democratic Party can't intimidate the court, then we may actually have to have an election that Donald Trump's on the ballot. So they will do anything they can to try to intimidate. The court. Look at the campaign they've been waging uh, against Clarence Thomas. I mean, this this is a level of personal vitriol and personal attack that we've never seen towards federal judges. Uh, and it's all designed to try to break their morale and have them be afraid and have them try to appease the left. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you've got to understand this is not about the rule of law. This is about power. And it's about whether or not the very same people who have a plagiarist as president of Harvard, while students are openly uh, advocating the genocide of Jewish people, whether that same movement can bring that weight to bear to rig the game so that Trump loses. You know, um, Mr. Speaker, you know, what's interesting is I, I I was shocked, and I guess I shouldn't be shocked, but you know, obviously, the history so well of the presidency and on Congress side. And here was President Biden. He had a moment where they come over to him, the reporters, and I thought he would do what I think a president should do and say, I'm not going to comment, you know. And instead, he said, I'm not going to comment necessarily on the case, but I will say Trump uh, acted in insurrection. He supported. There's, it's evident, no question. I mean, I thought that was unseemly. Your thoughts about that, Mr. Speaker? Well, it's, it's, it's not unseemly. It's who they are. Look, I mean, if, if Joe Biden can lead a lynch mob to get Trump out of the way, then Joe Biden's chance of getting reelected goes up dramatically. And if Joe Biden can't lead that lynch mob and, and Donald Trump's on the ballot next November, there's a very high likelihood that Donald Trump's going to get elected president again. And that is such a threat to the left that doing virtually anything is acceptable in order to try to stop Trump. And we just have to understand, this is not like anything we have seen in our lifetime. The last time states blocked somebody from being on the ballot was 1860. There are 10 states in which Abraham Lincoln could not be on the ballot. And we just need to understand there's a certain grand irony in that the slave states blocked Lincoln. Colorado has now joined the slave states in blocking a candidate. Oh, wow. And other states are now eager to join the slave states and be the people. And that's exactly what happened to Lincoln. Wow, that is such a powerful comment. Before um, we let you go, you brought up also Harvard. Um, and I want to get into that because I don't know if you saw this, uh, Claudine Gay, the president, who's still there after that dismal testimony that she had recently. Now it turns out there's like... Uh, 40 cases of plagiarism, uh, at least these allegations of it. She's trying to correct and do, oh, I left out the footnotes. Why do you think she is still there? And, and why hasn't it got cleaned up? I mean, you look what happened at UPenn. 
She got booted, but Harvard's still uh, but, there. But, but, but at UPenn, you had a very popular governor who was aggressively opposed to her, who also happens to be Jewish. At Harvard, this is the ultimate test of the club. The club has rallied around her. The club has they made a billion dollars on their endowment last year. They don't need money from anybody. People cannot bring pressure to bear. And that club believed in the kind of nutty stuff she believes in. And they're going to rally around. My guess is she will be gone, but that when she's gone, she'll be a tenured faculty member at Harvard for the rest of her life. But I think the pressure is going to keep building. I saw today that one of the people that she plagiarized came out and said Harvard clearly has to fire her. And I think that uh, you're going to see more and more behavior like that. But I would say to the, every Harvard alumni in the country, you ought to be putting pressure on the board to fire her. Uh, because she she is rapidly going to devalue a Harvard di- diploma. Yeah, that's for sure. You know what um, was stunning, new too? This, to me, really saddened me. Um, and everybody, we're talking to the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. There was a new poll that just came out, and this this really disheartened me. It's Quinnipiac, Newt, and it's a majority of American voters back sending more military aid to Ukraine, uh, but are split about Israel-Hamas. That is really troubling if indeed, you know, we have the issue that that young people especially uh, seem to be diminishing on, you know, on what their support for Israel that and over over Ukraine. This is disheartening. But it's but we see it with these protests. You've had two generations of left wing brainwashing in our schools. Uh, They have an effect. And true left wingers all hate Israel uh, because it is a pro Western country of great success, and therefore uh, you are required to be a true left-winger to favor the underdog, no matter how, no matter what the underdog does, there's always an excuse. So if they behead babies, well, they probably were forced to it by whatever happened to them. I mean, this is insanity, but you don't see any of the adults standing up and saying, this is insanity. And I'm I'm glad to see, for example, uh, law firms that are now saying they won't hire anybody who's involved in these anti-Semitic rallies. If anyone knows about the club, Mr. Speaker, and beating it, you do, because you beat it in 1994, the first time that we beat the club and won both houses of Congress since 1952. And so <laughs> it's always yeah, a pleasure to, to hear you talk it. about it. Let's, let's, let's go back and do it again next year. Yeah, what do you think the chances are? Because, of course, they, uh, it looks like Congress, they, they're leaving today, Senate leaving tomorrow, uh, finally, uh, Mr. Speaker. I think the more people watch how sick the establishment is, the more they realize how desperate the elites are to impose themselves on us, no matter what we want, uh, the worse it's going to get for the left. And I think next year could truly be uh, a cataclysmic election for the left. I mean, it's so dumb. I mean, it's only, the election is only 11 months away. Just let the election happen. Yeah, I agree on, on Colorado and everything else. They can't let the election happen. Trump will win. The Republicans will gain the House and Senate. Their world will be broken up. God forbid they're, the American people speak. <laughs> they are fighting for their lives. Every left-wing goofy thing they believe in, every left-wing organization that gets money from the taxpayer, all of them are at stake now. Well, you've showed us the way, Mr. Speaker, so thank you. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, thank and have, have a beautiful and blessed Christmas to you and Callista, please. Merry, Merry Christmas to all Merry of you. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Merry Christmas.
Thank you. Okay, let's. Uh, we, are we taking a break? We're going to take a break, and uh, coming up, we speak to the head of the Republican Party there in Iowa because, as you just heard from the speaker, we're full swing election cycle, and the Iowa caucus less than a month away. Stick with us here on Cats and Cosby. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. And in a moment, we're going to be speaking to the head of the, the GOP there, the big kahuna there in Iowa, because the Iowa caucus is less than a month away. And then, of course, New Hampshire and everything else after that. But there is a lot of talk now about our southern border. And we just heard a little bit ago that President Biden is dispatching uh, Secretary of State Blinken and the Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas to meet with the president of Mexico because, uh, boy, somehow there's some issue with the border. Ed Cox, uh, former, uh, current and former GOP chair. Can you believe this? Once I mean, again, this is crazy. They, they go to Mexico. They go to the Central American Triangle. They don't do anything with respect to really closing the border. And they could do it. They could easily. Do. And, you know, I think back also of that press conference that wasn't that long ago when it was Biden standing next to uh, the new president of Mexico who's only been there. And, John, you can't make it up. The moment was when the president of Mexico looks at Biden and says, thank you so much for letting all of our people come in. He literally <laughs> said that. It was like, so I can't wait for part two, which yeah. I think is going to yeah. happen soon. Gov Patterson. I I'm shocked. I can't say anything. <laughs> you mean that there's gambling in Vegas? You're shocked. You're shocked. <laughs> I am. Totally. <laughs> you know, and this comes, guys, as um, historic numbers, because this week we hit an all-time high over 12,000. Over 12,000. Wow. They think um, this month yep. that there could be 300,000 people crossing this month. So far, it's been over 200,000 plus uh, but this may be a historic month, not only a historic week and when that you, happens. And when you look at them, these are people who are very comfortable. They got their uh, their stuff on their back. They're you know they they haven't gone through. They have been flowing into Mexico. They travel. To the you know, they pay. The, this is a real business, a smuggler's business now. That's getting to be very routine. Uh, and people are coming from all over the world. They're flying into Mexico and getting right up to the border and walking right in with no trouble at all. Yeah, and you know, you talk about it being profitable. Uh, John, sadly, uh, it's not profitable for shippers because they just closed down uh, two areas. The Our side, uh, Customs and Border Protection, just closed down two passes in, uh, in Texas, two railways. Um, so these crossings now... They can't do shipping, John. I mean, this is devastating. Um, they're blocking two uh, two of these areas. One's El Paso. Uh, the other is Eagle Pass. And uh, these are uh, border bridges, which are used for main, you know, there's so much stuff that comes in. Grain, uh, produce comes in. And so all these shipping companies are, are raising holy hay saying, we got to do business. 
Uh, but they're saying they need the room so the agents can process more migrants because there's oh a lot of migrants God. there. John, talk about how devastating that is to the U.S. economy. I mean, that's I bad, mean, it's too. Horrible. I mean, uh, it changes the whole system of uh, uh, the movement of product. Yeah, and that's a lot. That's a lot that comes through that area. So I wonder and if they, they're... And they will be coming up to New York City. And that impacts our education system, our health health care system, and many other systems. And uh, look, what, $10 billion deficit in the city budget because of that? Uh, What a mess. And now let's go to Iowa. Yep, we have uh, the chairman, the GOP chairman there in Iowa, Jeff Kaufman, is joining us now here on the Cats and Cosby Show. And Jeff, thank you so much for being with us. Um, how is Iowa looking? Because all eyes, of course, you've got the big caucus, which is, I think, one of the greatest uh, demonstrations of democracy in the world. And it's going to be coming up uh, in less than a month. Absolutely. I mean, we are just, it's just enthusiasm and candidates everywhere. We got media everywhere. It's, uh, it, people are just, the crowds are, are, are just bulging. Uh, even among our candidates, to be honest with you, even among the candidates that are, you know, below 5%, we got them traipsing all over the, all over the state. It's just a, it's a wonderfully electrifying environment that we're in now. And you're exactly right. This is the ultimate in grassroots democracy out here. It's just, I couldn't be a better place in the world right now than Iowa, in my opinion. And Jeff, explain also, obviously it's coming up soon. The date is right around the corner and how Iowa works. I've had the pleasure. I've been there for a number of caucuses through the years. Um, I love it because it's real Americana. It's like you see it's grassroots. You see them going from different caucus sites. They have to be there in person. Explain why it really is such a special thing in American democracy. Absolutely. January 15th. Uh, is caucus is caucus day, and then in the evening is when we all gather. And here's what's really special: uh, by anybody's definition of transparent elections, the Iowa caucuses leads the absolute way. The votes are counted in front of the actual precinct people that just voted. The votes are counted there. The votes are reported in front of the uh, the crowd or the the group that actually uh, cast their votes. Uh, there can be candidates uh, and representatives of candidates in the room watching that vote. And actually, if you're there for long enough, and, and a lot of these caucuses will last a little while, you can actually see on the app what we're reporting to the media and the rest of the world. You can actually see that while you're still in the room. So you can't find a place that's any more transparent, any more open and free than Iowa. Most of the candidates send a surrogate to talk to the group. I always tell people it's like a primary with a whole lot of debate and back and forth. It's the ultimate for Republican politics. And uh, every single result we have, that's the other thing I want to say, every single thing that we do there is auditable. Um, there's just, it's, it's transparency, it's grassroots democracy, and it's absolute finest. It all happens on January 15th out here. Uh, yeah, I was there, I was there for McCain uh, back in the, the 2008, and uh, I, they apparently they cluster together depending upon who they are for, and then people negotiate, isn't that? And they can move from one group to the other depending upon negotiation. So if a, a minor candidate uh, will can make a deal as to whether they go with uh, one of the two major candidates or whatever, how does that work? That's in the, the Democratic caucus, I believe, still 
uh, works that way. We actually, the, the Republicans actually do not physically move to different corners of the room anymore. Everybody comes into the room. We have such huge crowds now. I mean, we, we've got, we have situations, we have caucuses with uh, two, 3,400 people in, in those caucuses. So, I mean, it, I'm sorry, two, 300, 400 people in those caucuses. And so everybody sits, and then the candidates have an opportunity, it's usually a surrogate, to address the particular group. And then at the end, they'll either fill out a ballot or they'll write down the name, and then that's where the actual counting occurs in front of everyone. But every candidate has the ability to talk. We have a total of 1,657 caucus sites. Oh, and my we'll gosh. Have over, I mean, it, and each one of them has a precinct chair. Each one of them reports separately. Each one of them counts separately. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it truly is grassroots democracy at its finest. And again, I can't emphasize enough to all of you out there. Every single thing we do that evening, uh, is, is all, it's all open to a, uh, to auditing. It's all open and transparent. In fact, the media and the world see those results literally less than a minute after we actually see those results. It's, it's pretty amazing. It is amazing. Now, explain the difference between that and also a primary, too, for, for people, because obviously New Hampshire is right after that, and that's a primary. Absolutely. So out of the four, as a preface to that, uh, there's, there's four what we call carve-out states, states that kick off the process. Iowa and now Nevada, the Nevada Republicans have gone back to a caucus. Iowa's always been a caucus. And then there's a primary in New Hampshire, and then following that, there's a primary in South Carolina. A primary feels just like going to a general election. Mm -hmm. Uh, You walk in, you know, you make sure that you're registered to vote. Uh, Hopefully, in most states, they're showing an ID, but uh, just like you have to show an ID in in Iowa caucuses. And then you vote, and then you leave. A caucus uh, is, is actually multifaceted. Not only do you have the back and forth and each of the candidates or their surrogates, addressing the group after we're done with the presidential preference vote and those are all reported out then we do our party business where we elect so we start working on our platform because our platform that ends up is not handed down to us it's something that's generated through our caucuses then to our uh, county committees then to district conventions then to our state conventions and then we'll also elect our party leaders so it's a wonderful exercise for our Republican Party out here at the same time as the presidential preference vote. And Chairman Kaufman, you're right in the middle of it. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's wonderful. I feel like I'm on, on, the, on the front of a spaceship heading to Mars. <laughs> oh, wow. That's pretty good. That's a good analogy. Uh, also, talk about the history of who gets picked in Iowa um, and also surprises because you look at some of the polls. Um, I'm looking at a, a new one here. I mean, there's a lot of them out here, but this one obviously handily has Trump ahead. Uh, and then you got DeSantis and Nikki Haley, uh, look very close in, in one and two. Um, how important is, is that first place? And also in this case, how important is that second place? Absolutely. Well, they, so ultimately, uh, the, the Iowa, Iowa as a state, we, we're not supposed to pick the next president. 43% of the time, the winner of the Iowa caucus has gone on to become the GOP nominee. So over half of the time, the winner of the Iowa caucus is not the nominee. We're supposed to winnow the field. We're supposed to put forth an, a, a playing field of which everybody can kick the tires, as we say out here. And that's kind of what that, that's our mission for what we do for the rest of the Republican Party. 
Um, you know, in terms of, of, of winners and losers, what we're talking about coming out of Iowa, since 43% of the time we pick the next president, uh, 57% of the time we would do not, the, what's important is what we say is tickets out of Iowa. Clearly, whoever gets first is uh, has a major ticket out of Iowa. The most, the largest margin of victory in Iowa caucus history has been 12%. So clearly, uh, 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 Donald Trump has got his eye on that. And wanting to, that. That's one of, I know, one of his personal goals to, is to beat that particular record. But there are other ways to gain momentum out of Iowa. We have a, I mean, a knockdown drag out out here. Uh, between the people that are currently second and third, and I'm not saying this thing is over or anything like that, but right now, in terms of their place in the poll, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, I mean, it's it's a vigorous, vigorous uh, effort on television, on social media, on radio. And then there's always the opportunity that uh, one of these candidates that's, that's uh, you know, even in single digits, um, out here, if they think for a, per, a person that's uh, polling at 1%, and then they end up getting 6%, they may not end up getting the nomination, but they are certainly establishing a name for themselves. And, you know, many of these folks participate in two or three caucuses. It's a multi-decade uh, uh, process for some of these individuals to ultimately get the name recognition and end up being the nominee. Yeah, if I recall right, uh, uh, in uh, 1984, Gary Hart got 17%. The others dropped out, and then he won New Hampshire, and it became a real race. Was that before or after yeah. monkey business? <laughs> that, 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 monkey business was next because he I came think... in, in second, and Mondale lost, of course. So first I so, won, then monkey business. That 88 was monkey business. This was no monkey business, not, no in, monkey, I, not no in, mon- in Iowa. No they monkey have business no in like Iowa. that in Iowa. <laughs> Let's take a break now. Jeff Kaufman, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you, Jeff. How exciting. We are jealous. Uh, the rocket ship there in Iowa. Thank you so much, Chairman. You bet. Feel free to give me a call before caucuses. I'll be oh. happy to talk with all you folks again. We would love that. Thank you so much. Count on it. And we're jealous of you to be right there on the hot seat. Such an important place. And we love Iowa. Thank you very, very much. And everybody, when we come back, we are talking to Judge Andrew Napolitano. How is Biden getting away with defying the Supreme Court on a whole bunch of fronts, including student loans? We're going to talk about that and a lot more. And Roger Stone, we got an action back show. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes. Only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Uh, joining us now is the great Judge Andrew Napolitano, of course, formerly of Fox News and everywhere else. And we are so thrilled to have him here on the show. And, and Judge, great to talk to you, my friend. You know, there's so many issues. And one of the big issues, of course, is what happened with the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, we got a lot of stuff on, obviously, on what's happening with the Colorado Supreme Court. But John and I were talking about the student loans, the fact that the, they came down and said, you can't do this 
President Biden on, you know, forgiving all these student loans. The amount is millions, billions of dollars, and he continues to do it. He continues to thumb his nose at the U.S. Supreme Court, even though they ruled, Mr. President, you can't do it. He's kind of piecemealing it and some staggering numbers of how much they're doing. Well, uh, Rita and uh, John, it's a pleasure to be on with you guys uh, tonight. Uh, Congress uh, declined to authorize the loan cancellation. The president did it on his own. That was challenged by uh, the banks and by certain states that got caught up in this, and the Supreme Court ruled decisively that he cannot do it. The problem is, for those of us who believe that the Supreme Court should have the final say on the law, there's about 15 different loan programs here, each enacted at different points uh, in American history by different Congresses. And there's language in two or three of them that if you read it liberally, allow the president, whoever he is at the time, obviously it wasn't Joe Biden when this language was put in there, uh, to cancel the loan. So some of them, he apparently can get away with canceling. Now, this is this is almost a bribe. This is an effort to give a, a gift to these young people. They're no longer college students. Hey, well, Judge, now, Judge Napolitano, I think it definitely is a bribe. I mean, he's clearly trying course. to buy young voters. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. Shocked. Ed, Co- Ed Cox is shocked, <laughs> Judge. Right. Well, that's what he's trying to do, and he's succeeding in getting away with it. Not on the massive scale that he attempted to when the court put a stop to it, but in fits and starts and pieces here and there, depending upon under which program they got the loans. Um, now, how does this work? The federal government guaranteed the loans. The loans came from the banks. So the federal government will be paying the money to the banks rather than these individuals who benefited from the loan paying the banks back. So it's a win-win for the banks. It's a lose-lose for taxpayers. And it's a vote for me because here's what I did for you back in 2023. That's a, a, that's unbelievable. It just uh, it, it is a crazy situation. Governor Patterson, anything to say about that? Well, I think more and more the conversation that we're having is about how to break the rules on both sides. That, that That's happening. And in this case, it was the ruling was pretty clear. So they went back and they found ways to get around it because there were different uh, laws passed about loans passed at different times. And that's not really the spirit of what the Supreme Court ruled on just a year ago. Your thoughts, well, the, Judge Napolitano? The, the, the governor is 100% correct. The spirit of the Supreme Court ruling is that per the Constitution, only Congress can spend money. And when the president cancels a loan obligation, that forces the Treasury to spend money that Congress hasn't authorized to pay back the banks. So this is not only a violation of the law, it's a violation of the Constitution, and the Supreme Court pointed that out. But as the governor has just articulated, old Joe will get away with this, because he's making thousands of people happy. How sad is that? And you know what I just saw today, uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano? It's 40% of student loan borrowers are defaulting on that student loan debt. Some of that happened like during COVID, but they're continuing it and they're not doing anything to reinforce it. So that's not a good situation either. Well, that's uh, that's a problem with what he's now able to get away with. And the governor knows this as well as anybody from his years of experience in the government. When some people are able to get away with something, others 
similarly situated, though not precisely, similarly will think that they should get away with it as well. So that is going to have a ripple effect. And, and John and Rita, you are very good to raise this. The country right now is fixated on, on the Colorado Supreme Court and what the U.S. Supreme Court is going to do. And this is an opportunity for Joe Biden to sneak in below the radar and cancel these loans. And, exactly. and you know, Your Honor, um, there were a lot of problems with the student loan program. There were a lot of students who really were signed up. I actually had to pay off a student loan for my son, who I never thought even applied for it. It was like a question that he answered the wrong way. But that is no excuse for turning around and damning the whole system because there, there, was, uh, there were problems in it from the inception. Now, uh, Your Honor, Ed Cox, you uh, mentioned the Colorado Supreme Court decision. Absolutely shocking. But uh, you are an expert with respect to the Supreme Court of the United States. Justice Roberts would like to have a unanimous court. Uh, there are probably some strong political feelings on that court that are well hidden. How do you think it all comes out at the Supreme Court I, of the United States? I, I, well, first, Ed, you are uh, no slouch yourself when it comes to the Constitution and the Supreme Court. But yeah, how about that, Ed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Judge Napolitano, could you stop with the compliments? I got, they're getting big heads here in the studio. i got to sit with these guys with all these accolades, well, that's Judge. Okay. That's well, okay, Your Honor. Keep it coming. He's a great man. Everybody knows we that. We know that. The others I'm not sure about. I know about John, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> we know about that compliment. Right, right, right. I mean, to be serious Stable for a minute, you're right, you're right. <laughs> John Roberts um, loves to craft unanimous decisions. I think there's no way that the Supreme Court of the United States fails to get involved in this. If they don't get involved, we could end up with 50 different Supreme Court opinions, one from each state, as to what the 14th Amendment means. And the whole purpose from Marbury versus Madison on of the supremacy of the Supreme Court is so that we understand what the Constitution means once and for all with finality from one voice. So whether they affirm this or reject it, and I think they're going to reject it, they do have to weigh in on it because they have to give guidance to the other 49 state Supreme Courts. So how, we, how long before they, uh, they rule on it? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. What kind of time frame? They're they're uh, meet, well. Trump hasn't filed the appeal yet, and 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 his people need to file it asap. The support the court is on Christmas break. They come back on January fifth, and that's when they rule on emergent applications. The the Secretary of State of Colorado, January fifth to Friday, says she's going to start printing ballots on January eighth, the Monday following. So they will need to rule on the fifth. They will they will need to stay to stop the effect of the Colorado Supreme Court while they consider the appeal. If they don't, she's going to start printing ballots without Trump's name on them because that's what they, what her Supreme Court has told her to do. Yeah, well, let's see where this goes. Wow. Well, uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano, so great to have you here. And, and if we don't uh, talk to you, have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas, uh, Rita, Judge. Working with, working with you is just like the old days, my dear friend. God I know. Great to talk with you. Thank you, Judge. And uh, we have with us now, by the way, there was a terrible fire uh, that displaced hundreds of people in Queens, New York. And joining us now is the Chief of Fire Operations with the FDNY, Chief John Esposito. Uh, Chief, can you give us a quick update? Because, boy, it was so sad to see what happened there. Yeah, so yesterday afternoon, uh, 
little bit after 12, uh, we got a call for a fire on the top floor of that uh, building in Queens. And what makes that, that type of fire so difficult is the fire is above the ceiling on the top floor and below the roof. That area we call the, the cock loft. And it's about a three or four foot deep area that's loaded with wood, the, uh, the ceiling joist and the roof beams. And the fire gets up in there and extends across the top of all of those apartments. It was a huge building, about 400 feet long, about 100 feet wide. Uh, and it's very difficult and time consuming to get for our firefighters to get up there, get the hose lines in place, uh, to rip the ceilings down and be able to put water on that fire. And while we're trying that, the fire is extending further and further. So uh, it took us about four hours to put that fire out. Uh, and we had significant damage to many of those apartments uh, and then water damage to a lot of those apartments below that. Well, so, what about, Chief, what about any, anybody injured also and any firefighters hurt? Because that's a tough uh, tough fire to combat. How did you uh, get combat. all the people out of the yeah. building that quickly with wow. the fire spreading as so, fast uh, as it did? So in, injuries, we had a couple of minor injuries. We did have one firefighter uh, go to the hospital uh, for the day with uh, with some heat exhaustion. Um, but, you know, uh, when we get to the scene, we get our firefighters into searching all of those apartments that to make sure all the people are out uh, while other firefighters are then conducting the, uh, you know, the firefighting operation. Uh, so it's, it, it was a huge building. It goes from, you know, from block to block. And, and we were, you know, as bad as it is with that loss a week before Christmas, uh, we were very fortunate that uh, we had, you know, uh, limited injuries. Thank goodness. Well, you guys are the best of the best. And of course, we're always thinking of uh, the great FDNY this Christmas and always uh, thank you for the update. And that is amazing that there were uh, such minor injuries considering what could have happened there. Uh, Chief, we love you and appreciate the FDNY. Thank you so much. And thank you very much. Have a great holiday. Yes, thank you. you too. Merry you Christmas. too. Merry Christmas. And everybody, after the break, we have Roger Stone, who's going to be talking more about this big Supreme Court decision from the Colorado Supreme Court. And also uh, the special counsel, Jack Smith, saying he wants to expedite cases with the high court. A lot of activity. And Roger Stone's coming up after the break. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Well, the Supreme Court is going to have a lot of decisions on their hands. Uh, not only, of course, uh, the Colorado Supreme Court decision kicking uh, Trump off the ballot, but also Jack Smith, the special counsel, just recently uh, did a filing saying, hurry up, Supreme Court, and decide on this presidential immunity if Trump can be covered by it uh, because they want to go forward with the trial, which is March 4th. And you know why that date's important, because it's right around the New Hampshire primary, Ed Cox. I mean, you can't make it up. Uh, Could politics have anything to do with it? Well, joining us is a longtime friend of President Trump and a great political consultant and advisor, Roger Stone, who also has a great show on WABC Radio on Sundays, right, Rog? Yeah, we ever always you always have some action packed ones. So thank you very much, Rita. Four to six on Sunday. We're doing kind of a special Christmas show. You know, Christmas uh, is a great time for some. It's another time some people are depressed. So I want to talk to people. I'm going to open the phones. I want to hear about your greatest Christmas memories 
for those who might be a little depressed, I'm going to try to cheer them up. It's going to be a great show. Well, that sounds great. Now, what about uh, will the Supreme Court cheer up President Trump? Uh, what do you think they're going to do with it? Did you see Jack Smith literally a few hours ago, Roger Filed said, no, 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 don't delay. And I still can't believe he wants to go forward with the trial on March 4th. It's it's a day uh, before the before New the Hampshire super, primary. Uh, no, it's a super, super, super Tuesday, 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 rather. Yeah. I mean, super Tuesday, rather. So Super Tuesday, which is the big money, which is all those states. That's, uh, that's decisive. Yeah, uh, yeah. you got Texas. you got... Uh, you got Iowa, as we talked about, yeah. New Hampshire, all California, of those prior think, to... Isn't that right, Rog? Yeah, it's like it's uh, a, a tons of states, yeah. a do- more than a dozen states. Oh, they, that's a biggie. They moved California up? Yeah, they moved, yeah, they it moved up. California up. up. At the end. Yeah, yeah they, yes. Isn't that... They've redirected, and you heard New Ham- uh, Nevada's now up, moved up, as yeah, we just yeah. heard from Iowa. But that's a biggie. That's the money. You know, that's the money day. <laughs> it's the biggest single catch of delegates on the way to the Republican nomination. Jack Smith wants to go to trial on March 4th. That primary is March 5th. Look, even the Washington Post editorial page and CNN have both opined uh, that this move by Jack Smith uh, is uh, is nakedly political. He's in a hurry. It's not about justice. It's about speed. The idea is to sully Donald Trump's name and trying to rack up a conviction prior to the run of primaries and prior to the general election. Uh, first of all, let, let's touch on Colorado because people need to, I think this rocked a lot of people unnecessarily. What we had from the Colorado Supreme Court is a pretty truthless ruling. As of this moment, President Trump's name remains on the Colorado ballot. The only way for the president's name to be taken off is if the Supreme Court of the United States declines to take his appeal, which I think is highly unlikely, or if it affirms the Colorado uh, Supreme Court decision, which I think is even more unlikely. Uh, By a 4-3 ruling, the Colorado Supreme Court overruled a lower court uh, saying that uh, the, the president's name should be removed from the ballot. This is an outright suspension of President Trump's right to due process uh, and a suspension of the rights of the people of Colorado who want to vote for Donald Trump. This is the most naked example of election interference I've ever seen for two reasons. One, Donald Trump has not been convicted in any court of law of insurrection or sedition. Not even charged. Yeah, not, not even charged. And Jack Smith didn't even charge Jack, him. All Jack people, Smith Jack charge. Smith would have charged him. You know that in a heartbeat, guys. Uh, and it was actually considered, uh, and it was not pursued. And then secondarily, uh, even under the Constitutional Amendment 14, Section 3, Donald Trump does not fit the legal description uh, or delineation of the officer's address. He is not an officer of the United States based on previous Supreme Court rulings. So it doesn't even uh, take into consideration that even the, the lower court judge, also a Democrat uh, in in Colorado, found that in her decision. This was a 4-3 decision by an all-Democrat Supreme Court. Uh, and some of the dissenting opinions from those who did not agree were scathing. They said that Trump had no due process, uh, that he wasn't allowed to ask for a jury. He was never allowed to put on a defense. And I would point out to you that these efforts to remove him from the ballot have failed in Michigan, Minnesota, 
Rhode Island, Arizona, New Hampshire, and Florida. And in the case of Michigan, that was even upheld by the Michigan Supreme Court, also dominated by Democrats. You know, and everybody, we are talking to a political consultant, Roger Stone. You know, Roger, it's sort of like they're looking at the polls and going, OK, well, what else can be done? Uh, because some of the latest polls, every time they try to go after him, he skyrockets. Um, I think there was a Democratic consultant a few hours ago came out with a comment, Roger, that uh, anytime these things happen, it's going to be, quote, rocket fuel. I, I uh, David Axelrod was actually the guy who, of course, uh, Obama's right hand guy. Um, and he came out and said, this will skyrocket Trump. Like he sees that this isn't their, their plans aren't working. This ain't working. And a, a new poll that just came out, this was stunning, Roger. And, and Ed and I and, uh, the Gov and John, we were all talking about it prior to, uh, Trump beating Biden by six points. This is among young voters. That's why this was so stunning. This is 18 to 29 year olds. This is a New York Times Siena poll. This is not, you know, they can't say it's a conservative leaning poll. Uh, they see the numbers. They're going, uh, oh my gosh, panic in the White House. Uh, your thoughts about where this is headed. And does anybody think that if Trump were trailing in the polls or if he were not a candidate for re-election, that any of this tsunami of lawfare would be taking place? Because I do not. Uh, and ironically, and it is counterintuitive, I think that all of these actions, the one, uh, the, the documents case in Florida, the two cases in New York, the business records case and the valuation case, uh, the the so-called January 6th case uh, in D.C. These have had the inadvertent effect of turbocharging Donald Trump's candidacy, filling his campaign coffers with millions more in small and medium-sized donations uh, and giving him a surge in the polls. Yeah. Now, you can't poll within the eye of a storm, but I predict you're going to see an upward tick uh, immediately in response to this Colorado rule. Wow, wow, wow. Well, Roger, thank you. And by the way, everybody tune in to Roger's show. It sounds like a beautiful show taking calls about Christmas and what it means. Uh, Sunday, right? Sunday, 4 to 6 p.m. on WABC. And uh, also, Roger, uh, Merry Christmas, too. Also to you. We love having you on the show, Roger. Thank Merry you, Roger. Christmas, Rita. Merry Christmas, John. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Roger. Merry Christmas. And John, what do we all stand for? Truth, 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 Justice, justice, and the American American way. way. God bless America.